listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. All right, let's jump in. Um, and again, thank you for sharing this today. Um, it, it always blows my mind that when we start these series that the Lord leads me to do, how many people write me and say, man, this is exactly what I needed to hear. This is exactly what I've been facing. This is exactly what I've been battling. Good, because this is going to be not just uh, something that helps you, but we know it's spirit-led because the Lord knows what you need at all times. The Lord knows exactly what you need. And so uh, on day one, dealing with total victory over discouragement, anxiety, and heaviness, we dealt with not only the power of prayer uh, in your known language, but the power of prayer in the spirit, praying in tongues, and how vital that is as we are walking in victory in the kingdom of God. And you, you need to go back and watch it. It will help you immensely. Yesterday, we went all the way through what the Bible has to say about the power of praise as a tool and really how those two things go together, prayer and praise. They are twins. They go together. They're connected. You could call them companion tools or companion weapons uh, as you're dealing with this. And uh, I revealed in yesterday's uh, segment uh, what it really means to be a part of the victory tribe, as we say all the time. I know there's people that probably log on and, and are thinking like, what's he talking about? You know, victory tribe. What does that mean? Well, I broke it down all the way down in the session yesterday. So if you missed that, go on the podcast, go back on YouTube and watch the replay. Today, I'm going to deal with part three of this series. And uh, if you received my message this morning, I told you today is going to be essential. Because um, I'm going to show you um, how Jesus did this. I'm going to show you what Jesus did. And, um, you know, it's important to remember with Jesus. The Bible says he was tempted in all points like we are, yet he never sinned. Tempted in all points. Um, and so Jesus went through life, uh, not just as God, but as man, so that he could show us what was possible. And um, that's one of those things in the kingdom of God that uh, it's a very difficult thing to understand that he was all God and all man at the same time. He was all God and all man. Even people who saw Jesus in the Bible, you know, they would say things like, my Lord and my God, in reference to Christ. My Lord and my God. They understood that he was God in the flesh. He's the Word made flesh. So I want to show you how Jesus dealt with these things and then um, talk to you a little bit about uh, what you have the power and the ability to do um, in this session today. So I want you to start with me in... Um, well, let's start in Colossians chapter 3. Let's do that. Because I want to show you how you have power, not just over the devil. And you do have power over the devil. And you got power not just over your flesh. We dealt with that too. Like Paul said, I put my body under on a daily basis. You don't just have power over the devil. You don't just have power over your flesh. But guess what? You have power over your mind. 
And I want you to, as, you're, as we're turning, I want you to put that in the comments today. I have power over my mind. Hallelujah. What a great confession and what great news for people. I have power over my mind. And yes, you do. And I'm going to show it to you from the word of God. I have power over my mind. Jared Burton said, I'm watching from West Palm Beach. Hallelujah. (laughs) You know, it's so wonderful as you're writing that. It's so wonderful to have all the people that are down already that have moved to be a part of Miracle Word Church. There's more coming. There's more putting their houses on the market right now, making plans to move to West Palm Beach uh, to be a part of Miracle Word Church in person. And uh, we're very, very happy about that. Maybe the Lord's calling you to come and be a part of uh, this church and be here in person. Um, And we'd love to see you when you come. We want to help you. Um, Colossians 3, I have power over my mind. That's right. That's good, Gina. She said, I've heard it said like this, the mind is your slave, not your master. But I think a better way to say it, Gina, would be like this. If you don't make your mind your slave, it will become your master. I think that's even more effective to understand that because uh, what you don't put into subjection will put you into subjection. What you don't put into subjection will put you in subjection. So if I don't make my mind my slave or my servant, then my mind will make me its servant. And there's all kinds of people. They know exactly what I'm talking about. They are literally at the mercy of their thoughts. They're at the mercy of uh, those, you know, lying spirits that come and tell them they're worthless. And then it destroys their self-confidence, their security. It destroys that some people goes as far is puts them in a place where they have no will to live. That's a demon spirit that attacks people in the mind and wants them to take their life because of how they feel. But what we don't put into subjection will put us into subjection. So if I don't make my mind my servant, it will make me its servant. And then my mind runs wild and I'm I'm at the mercy, literally at the mercy of my own mind. I'll give you a story if you've never read the book that I put out on that. I'll give you a story about what happened. Um, (laughs) People think this is made up. It's not made up. I don't tell made up stories. This actually happened. I tell the truth. Um, uh, If you heard me tell this, I got super excited one time. And this was years ago now. Because anybody that knows me has known I've grown up liking McDonald's. I like McDonald's. I like it a little less now because their quality's dropped off. But I used to just love, love McDonald's. The same way I now feel about Taco Bell, I used to feel about McDonald's. But uh, I got so excited. Some of y'all remember when Blockbuster was a thing. And uh, it's funny to know the kids, like my kids don't understand Blockbuster. We used to go Friday night and just walk the rows of Blockbuster looking out, looking for a movie to watch. You know, the same thing you get caught up in on Netflix now, scrolling through every show. Like, what should we watch tonight? (laughs) We used to do that in Blockbuster, walking up and down the aisles. What should we rent tonight? Um, We'd stand there in Blockbuster and uh, look for that stuff. Well, I looked on the wall and I saw there was a movie out about my favorite place (laughs) to eat, McDonald's. And uh, it was called Super Size Me. Super Size Me. And I I didn't didn't know at the time that it was a documentary. I just thought it was like a movie about how great McDonald's is. And so there there was this DVD, Super Size Me. I was like, yes. And so I rented it from Blockbuster. 
And uh, I don't remember why Carolyn, she must have been out with, with people from the church or something. Or, but I, was, I remember I was by myself at the house. And uh, I remember this is, I think, even before we had kids. And so I brought that DVD back to the house. Man, I was excited to see this movie about McDonald's. And so I popped that DVD in <laughs> to my DVD player, sat on the couch and turned it on. Well, I then found out it was a documentary that that guy was doing about how bad McDonald's is for you. And, uh, but I'm still watching him. He had made up his mind to eat McDonald's four times a day for, an, for whatever extended period of time and then test the results on his body. What would happen to his body after that much time eating McDonald's four times a day? And so, but the problem for me was I already loved McDonald's. So I'm just watching this DVD of this guy just eating uh, McDonald's four times a day. He's ordering all my favorite stuff. You know, the two cheeseburgers, value meal, fries, filet of fish sandwich, you know, nuggets and apple pies and, you know, Big Macs. And all. I mean, he's just going through all my favorite stuff. And um, funny enough, even though they were trying to tell me how bad it was for me. And yeah, and he always said yes to do you want to supersize that? Yes, I do. Yes, I absolutely do. Um, and, and even though they were trying to tell me how bad it was for me, all I'm doing is I'm just filling my eyes, filling my mind. It's crazy. I'll explain this. I don't know if I'm the only one. Maybe they make it like this on purpose somehow. But it seemed to have kind of a Pavlovian effect to me. So what do you mean by that? If you've known about the, uh, you know, Pavlov's dogs, if you know about that experiment where he was able to uh, get their mouths to water by just a sound, by just a sound, it was a test that every time he'd feed them, he'd, he'd let a certain sound happen. And then after a while, uh, even without putting out the food and, and making the sound take place, their mouths would water. I always felt like if I even see the golden arches, <laughs> We're being so transparent this morning. If I even saw the golden arches, it had this effect. It was like, as my father always used to say, something about your car, it just pulls toward the drive-thru. But, and I'm, I'm, I'm watching this DVD. He's eating all my favorite stuff, even though they're telling me how bad it is for me. I couldn't take it anymore. I paused the DVD. I paused the DVD. I got up off the couch. I mean, think about how serious this is. I got up off the couch and I went into the car, went to the drive-thru directly, and I ordered two cheeseburger value meal. Do I want to supersize it? You better believe I do. Uh, I got a 10-piece nugget. I got a filet of fish sandwich. And just to make sure I was being a little bit healthy, got that Diet Coke to go with the combo. And I came back to the house sat down at the couch, opened up the bag, and hit play, and finished watching the movie about how bad McDonald's is for you while eating a bag full of McDonald's. <laughs> you say, what are you telling me the story for? The reason I'm sharing the story is because it's amazing how when you fill your mind with something, <laughs> Ben said, I'll be right back. He's headed to the, he's headed to the drive-thru. I don't know, buddy, you might, if you, if you hurry up, you might be able to get there before Egg McMuffins are gone. Um, but I'm just telling you, what the more you fill your mind with things, the more you fill your mind with things, the more uh, your heart is filled and the more it feeds your desires, the more it feeds your desires. That's why Paul told Tim Timothy, 
flee youthful lusts. It's not just guard yourself against them, but he said, flee from them, run from them. Because remember, he said, it's not just the act, not the act. Don't flee from the act, flee from the actual youthful lusts. Because what'll happen is, is that you can fill your mind, you can fill your heart, and then it guides and drives your decisions. See, so what I'm teaching you today, I remember watching a documentary about a, um, uh, a guy that was a serial killer, and he said at the early part of his life, uh, you know, because you don't just fall into becoming a serial killer. At the early part of his life, he said what would happen to him, he would have these thoughts and fantasies about what would happen if he picked up a hitchhiker alongside the road. And then what would happen if he drove them somewhere? What would happen if he killed them? How would he kill them? Or what would he do with their body? Well, that's a demon making you think like that. That's a demon introducing those thoughts to your mind. But he said, I would just constantly obsess over those thoughts and obsess over those fantasies. And he said, as I would, he said, um, you know, it was just more and more, it would fill my heart. And then obviously the more you give place to the devil, he's going to accommodate you with opportunities. He will accommodate you. So there came a time where that guy was driving and there was a hitchhiker, but you know what? He didn't have to wonder what he was going to do. He'd already played it all out in his mind and planned it all out in his mind. And so he just picked the hitchhiker up and did all the things that he had already imagined and planned in his heart. Why? Because those things had filled his mind, filled his heart, and he never, and of course, if you're not a Christian, you don't have the power of the Holy Ghost to truly guard your mind. And so this is what I'm dealing with today is that you don't just have power over the devil and power over your flesh. You've got power over your mind. That's why I had you turn to Colossians chapter three, because I want you to read these uh, three verses of scripture with me from the beginning of the chapter, Colossians three verses one through Three, that's right, Griffin, already made the decision to sin in his heart before he acted. And, you know, I'll say something about that, uh, by the way. In the New Testament, before we read this, Jesus said in the Old Testament, uh, you were condemned for the things that you did. But Jesus said in the New Testament, uh, you're condemned for the things that you do even in your heart, right? If you want to murder somebody in your heart, uh, and that's, that's the thought and intent of your heart. It's a, it's a greater commandment in the New Testament. So the Lord said in the New Testament, it's, it's more, you're, you have more responsibility because it's, it's, from the, it's from your heart. You're judged on what's in your heart. Now, here's what's interesting too. I thought about this. It doesn't just work in the negative. It works in the positive realm as well. That what you do in your heart, what you have apportioned to do in your heart, the Lord looks at that and sees the desires of your heart. I was at Dr. Rodney's Ministers and Leaders Conference one time a few years back. And I was sitting there in the service and there was a, uh, an offering being taken that was really a sacrificial offering. And um, so I'm sitting there and I looked down and um, as I was praying, the Lord spoke to me. And he said, there's an evangelist here in this Ministers and Leaders Conference and I want you to sew into that evangelist that nice watch that your wife bought you. And she had bought me this watch that I really liked a lot. It was a, it was a Blue Angels special edition watch um, chronograph. 
uh, beautiful blue leather band, uh, blue face, yellow accents. It was really beautiful. And I liked it a lot. And the Lord said, I want you to take that watch and sew it to that evangelist that's here at the minister's conference. Well, the only problem was I wasn't wearing the watch at the time. It was, it was back home. And so <clears throat> I told the Lord right on the front row, I said, Lord, I will do it. I hear the instruction. I will do it. As soon as I get back to that watch, I'll get it. And when I get back here to the conference next day or two days, whatever, I'll, I'll find that evangelist. I'll put it in his hand, give him that watch. And so I wasn't able to actually do it yet, but I told the Lord in my heart, it's done. I'm going to do it. Now notice this. I've got the leading from the Holy Ghost. And now I'm acknowledging and saying, yes, Lord, I'll obey you. That same night that I said, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, I will do it. Uh, as the service finished, we, uh, we were getting ready to leave and an usher came and said, uh, Pastor Rodney would like to see you up in his office. And so I, uh, I went up the elevator and when I got into Pastor Rodney's office, I sat down, my cousin was there, we were just talking and hanging out. And then Dr. Rodney kind of looked at me uh, with a different look than, than normally he said, he, and he asked a very random question. I mean, because it wasn't even on that subject, I don't believe, but he looked at me and he said, what watches do you have? And that, that was his question. What watches do you have? And that kind of struck me. And I said, well, and I listed the, the few that I had. And he kind of nodded his head. He got up from his chair and he went in and there was a, he has like a little closet there in his office. And he went in and he came out with a beautiful uh, Longines watch. Now, if you know watches, you may know that brand, Longines. And he said, look at this. And it was a beautiful black alligator uh, strap and black face, beautiful, beautiful watch. And he said, try that on. And so I, I tried it on. I thought he was just showing me a new watch he'd gotten for himself or something. And I said, yeah, that bro Dr. Rodney, that is very nice. And he said, it's yours. I want you to have it. I said, are you serious? Yeah. He said, I'm, I'm sewing that watch and I'm giving you that watch. Well, that watch was easily worth three or four times the watch that I was just spoken to to sew. But I thought later, how interesting is this? I hadn't even gotten a chance in the natural to release that seed yet uh, in actuality. But I had already told the Lord. See, the Lord knows your heart. He knows what you're, not just your heart, he knows what you're going to do. And so he knew that I was going to obey his instruction. I found it interesting. Just like the Lord judges you based on if murder's in your heart, adultery, whatever it is, he also knows that you're going to obey him and that you're going to go and do what he's asked you to do. And before I could even sow it, the harvest came back. It was like the Lord teaching me a lesson that when I speak something to you, it's in your spirit, it's in your mind to do it. See, and you can say yes to the Lord. You can obey him even in your mind. I want you to get that. Um, Tiffany, help that sad boy to the door in the comments. Help, help him to the door and then lock it behind him as he goes out. Um, you can obey, and I want you to put that in the comments. I can obey the Lord in my mind. And I want you to say this, I can obey the Lord with my mind. Hallelujah. I can obey the Lord in my mind. I can obey the Lord with my mind. Doesn't mean you don't have to follow through afterwards. You do have to. But you can give God uh, your loyalty, your diligence, your faithfulness in your mind. That's what we're dealing with today is the mind. How do you function with your natural mind? As we said in the beginning, if you don't 
uh, if you don't put your mind into subjection, it will put you into subjection. If you don't put your mind into subjection, it'll put you into subjection. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. The Bible says, if then you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Verse 2, get this now, this is important. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Verse 3, why? Because you've died. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. There it is. Set your minds. So the Apostle Paul would not have told you uh, to do something. And he's, remember, he's not just making this up. He's writing what the Holy Spirit is inspiring him to write. This is God's word. And so God's not going to tell you to do something that's impossible for you to do, is he? That would be unfair. That would be unjust. He's not going to tell you to do something that's impossible to do. And so what does he tell you? Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you've died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When I was a youth pastor, I used to teach my students that you can set your minds two ways. Like, Back then, you know, the big thing was uh, everybody was getting TiVo and DVRs, you know, and all the cable companies were starting to provide DVRs. It was like the new thing. And I was telling them, uh, you know, you can set your mind like a DVR to record the thoughts of God. You can set your mind. Back then, if you, if you remember this, uh, and I think it's probably still the case, I don't use cable like that anymore, but, um, you know, you would go to a show out into the future and you would set it to record uh, so that when it got to that hour, it would record onto the hard drive of your DVR. And I told them the same. You can set your mind to record the thoughts of God. The other way you can set your mind, and this is how I would teach it, set your mind like you would set a thermostat. And of course, I know that's a very popular analogy. But if you're in a room and you want the room to change temperature, then you've got to set the thermostat first for the temperature you desire. And then, as you've set it, the entire room will change based upon what you've set in one small area. It's the same with your life. If you want things to change, set your mind. Set your mind. If you don't want to walk anymore in discouragement, in heaviness, in anxiety, set your mind. Set it. You know what you do? Set it to the peace setting. Set it to the joy setting. Set it to the encouragement setting. And watch as you do. And I'm going to teach you how in this, in this session. But as you do, watch the whole environment change to what you've been believing for. Set it to encouragement. Set it to joy. Set it to peace. And watch, and I'll show you, watch as discouragement goes. Watch as heaviness goes, watch as anxiety goes, as you set your mind. Well, notice what Paul was saying. Set it on what? Things above. So it, you're not called, again, to, it, what does it look like to set it on things that are, as he says, 
things that are on earth. What does that look like practically to set your mind on things that are on earth? Well, it's like watching the news and then becoming worried about all the reports you've seen. Oh man, they're saying there could be another one of these. We should have, it looks like there's more shortage. Look like there's, maybe there's going to be another pandemic. Maybe we're going to have another lockdown. Maybe because, you know, my business, I don't know what it's going to look like. The economy's going to, and then people set their mind on things of this earth. That's what that looks like. Set your mind on things of this earth. And then what happens? You, just like everybody else in society, begin to worry about things on this earth. When the Bible commands us that we're not allowed to be anxious about anything. The Bible says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your requests known unto God. So we're commanded as Christians to not be anxious, to not be fearful about anything. So that's what it looks like to set your mind on the things of this earth is to look at the natural realm and then become worried because of what's going on because you set your mind on the natural realm. No, set your mind on things above. How do you do that? Well, what are the things that are from above? This word of God is the description of the things that come from above. You can't know anything more about God than what's revealed to you in his word. Let me say that one more time. You can't know any more about God than the things that are revealed to you about him in his word. These are the things that are from above. Jesus said in John 6, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. The spiritual force that you receive that is from above, word of God. Jesus is the word made flesh. What did he say though about himself? He said, I am the bread that has come down from heaven. Glory to God. The word, I am the bread that has come down from heaven. So what are the things that are from above? The things that are from above are things from the word of God, things in the word of God. Glory to God. And I'm going to show you more of that in just a moment. If we pop back to uh, Philippians, one book before, one letter before this. Philippians 4, Paul is wrapping up his letter to the Philippian church. And let's read, he's saying much of the same thing here to them that he was saying to the Colossian church. Notice this, Philippians 4, in fact, what I just quoted to you was from verses 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer, and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all knowledge, or all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So I dealt with that on day one. That when you pray, it releases the peace of God that guards your heart and mind. But keep going. What about verses eight and nine? That's what we're covering today. Look at this. Finally, brothers, he's changing subjects. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. 
What, what is Sherry asking about? Could someone please tell me? I missed her first comment. Oh, yeah. I, I got what you're saying. <clears throat> um, she's asking, what is today's number three? Today, day one, power of prayer. Day two, the power of praise. And today's day three, sorry about that. If everybody's taking notes for day three, um, I would say what we would do on day three is the power of your thoughts. There you go, Sherry. The power of your thoughts. Power of praise, the power of prayer, the power of your thoughts. And I'm going to talk to you about what that means. So, so look at this. Whatever is true. So now Paul is outlining the things that you should think about. So if you want to know the fullness of the description, Colossians 3, what does it mean to set your mind on things above? Well, Paul expands on it here in the Philippian letter. He says, the things that, you should, that are above that you should set your mind on are the things that are true, the things that are honorable, things that are just, things that are pure, things that are lovely, things that are commendable. And if there's any excellence, and if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Think about these things. That's the key. Think about these things. So notice, now you have parameters. Now you can say, well, is this thing that uh, is, is coming against me, is this true or is it a lie of the devil? You say, well, how do I know? The way you know is, does the thing that's trying to fill your mind contradict what God's word says about you and your life? Oh, you're going to die. You're going to die. Sickness is going to come upon you and you're not going to get better. You're only going to get worse and then you're going to pass away and nobody's going to be able to help you. No, that's a lie in Jesus name for the Bible says by his stripes, by whose stripes you were healed, that he's the God that heals you, that you are not called to die prematurely. You are not called to go under. You're called to receive healing virtue. In fact, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in your physical body and is quickening or making alive, making well your physical body right now. That's how you deal with a thought like that. Thoughts come in. I'm going to die. I'm going to get sick. Nobody's going to be able to help me. No doctors will be able to help me. My kids will be orphaned. I don't know how I'm going to, I can't live through that. No, no, that's not true. Whatsoever things are true that I don't even care if you got a diagnosis. I don't even care if, if the doctor gave you a report. Because remember this, there comes a time in every person's life where you have to answer a very specific question. Whose report are you going to believe? And we shall believe the report of the Lord. That's our answer. That's our answer. That's right, Gina. I'm not going to die. I'm going to live and proclaim the glory of God. There's a, come a time you have to ask the question, whose report am I going to believe? And the answer, I will believe the report of the Lord. I will believe the report of the Lord. And so here, that's the first thing, whatever's true. Well, is that true for you? No, in Jesus' name. The truth is what God's word says it is. God is my healer. He's Jehovah Rapha. He's the God that heals me. Jesus shed his blood, not just to save me from sin, though that's the main thing, but to heal my physical body, took stripes upon his back. Amen. And so what's the truth? The truth is I'm connected to the divine healer. Hallelujah. That's right, Cameron. Carolyn still plays that song all the time. She loves that. Whose report will you be? We shall believe the report of the Lord. 
old school. Um, but that, understand that. That's not true. What God's word says is true. Whatever's honorable, whatever's just, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's commendable. If there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Now, look, that's a choice. That's an action you're going to take. But look at verse nine. And what you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Oh, verse nine's important, man. Verse nine's important. And he said, the things you've learned, received and heard and seen in me, that's Paul, practice these things. Practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. So notice, as you practice the things Paul taught and that the Bible teaches, as you practice the presence of God, the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace will be with you. And so remember this, you've got authority over your mind. You've got authority over your mind. Glory to God. Put it in the comments one more time. Put it in your notes. I've got authority over my mind. Hallelujah. You may even want to write it right there in your Bible. I've made notes in the bottom part of that Philippian letter for myself. You may want to just write under that verses eight and nine, put, I have authority over my mind because you absolutely do. You're not at the mercy of your mind. You've got authority over your mind. Amen. You're not at the mercy of your mind. You have authority over your mind. Praise God. Praise God. Well, what are you supposed to do then? What are you supposed to do when thoughts come? Because I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care how long you've been filled with the Holy Ghost. The enemy's not going to try to stop. He's not going to stop trying to attack your mind. No, that, that's his plan. That's his plan. So what are we supposed to do then when that happens? Well, 2 Corinthians 10 I'll read you two verses Paul wrote, verses four and five. 2 Corinthians 10, verses four and five. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. That's verse four. So let's just start there. The, the, uh, the weapons that you have, which we're getting ready to transition into that because I'm going to show you what Jesus did. The weapons that you have currently, spiritual weapons, they are full of divine power to do what? Destroy strongholds. Destroy strongholds. And many people deal with a stronghold in their mind. That they've not broken the stronghold. The devil's just attacked and attacked and attacked. And that's how it feels. Nicholas said, sometimes I feel like it's just constant, constant, constant. And the enemy tries to set up a stronghold with just constant thoughts in your minds. But what does the Bible say? The weapons that you carry are full of divine power to do what? To destroy strongholds. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Pray in the Holy Ghost, Nicholas, praise God, and begin to speak the word. Three things I'll tell you right off the bat, because I know you need, you need freedom. Right now, you're believing God for a touch. Okay, pray in the Holy Ghost, praise God, and begin to speak the word. And the power that you have, these weapons that you have, filled with divine power to do what? Destroy strongholds. 
destroy strongholds. And then verse five, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. Now look at this. And we take every thought captive to obey Christ. Now that's the ESV there, to obey Christ. Is this my net? Yes, to obey Christ. But I want to show you something um, that the uh, translators wrote here. This will help you. Because if you have a New Living Translation uh, Bible, or maybe you have the Net Bible that we sent to you, uh, one of those translations like that, uh, it says it a little bit different. It says, we take every thought captive and make it obey Jesus Christ. Let me show you what the, uh, the note is here in the, in the Net Bible. And make it obey. This is what it says. It says, in the Greek language, it should say, to the obedience of Christ. And because of the grammar here, the better translation in English is to make it obey Christ. We take every thought captive, not so that we obey Christ, to make the thought obey Christ. To make it obey Christ. It's not just that I'm obeying Christ. I'm making my thoughts obey Christ. Think about that. Because if, think of it this way. This is a better way to think of it. If a thought is coming against you from the enemy, <clears throat> you're being attacked with a lie. Remember that that thought, that lie is contradicting God's word, meaning it's disobedient to Christ. This, this will open this passage up for you. Let me say it again. If a thought comes against you from the enemy and it contradicts God's word, the Bible, that thought is disobedient to Christ. So what did the apostle say? He said, we are empowered, right? The weapons of our warfare carry divine power to destroy strongholds and we take every thought captive. Now watch, that means that when a thought like that comes to you, or thoughts, multiple, that you are empowered with divine weapons to do what? Take that thought prisoner and then force it. Now, now look, at it says make it obey. Make it obey. Do you know what that means? You're empowered to change your mind. Whoo! <laughs> We hear that phrase a lot, change, I, he changed his mind. Change, he's changed, and they, we think about that with decision making. You know, he was going to go to the store, but then he changed his mind. We think about it as like we changed what we're going to do. No, think of it this way in this context. My mind is one way, but I'm empowered to literally change the way my mind is. Change the way my mind is. I take those thoughts that are disobedient to Christ and then I make them obey Christ. I think of it this way. I enslave those thoughts. I take them captive. I make them prisoners and then I make them change. Whoo! Come on. That's what Paul's telling us here. Take those thoughts captive. Which ones? Every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive and make it obey Jesus Christ. So what does that mean? It means that if a thought comes into your mind and says something like that, like I just described to you moments ago, well, you're going to fail. You're going to die. You're going to get sick. You're going to be locked down. Your business is going to fail. You're going bankrupt, whatever. 
You're going to lose your family. Your kids won't serve God. You take that thought. And then, as Denise said a moment ago, you begin to apply the word of God to it. Now, how do you apply? Now, this is where we want to go. Because I want to show you how Jesus did it. How do you apply God's word to any situation, to your thoughts even? How do you imprison them and make them obey Christ? How do you change that mind? You have to speak God's word. There's no other method. The word of God does not just need to be in your spirit. The word of God needs to come out of your mouth. Hallelujah. You don't just need the word of God in your spirit. It has to come out of your mouth. 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 The apostles said in 2 Corinthians 4.13, we believe, therefore we speak. The spirit of faith, and I've taught extensively on the spirit of faith. The spirit of faith is released by speaking. Hallelujah. Let me say it again. The spirit of faith is released by speaking. The spirit of faith is released by speaking. Thank you, Jesus. Put it in the comments. Put it in your notes. The spirit of faith is released by speaking, by speaking, by speaking, by speaking. Don't keep it bottled up. You say, well, I know that's true in my heart. Yeah, I'm glad you know it's true in your heart. Now speak it out of your mouth. Speak it out of your mouth. Well, brother, you know, I, I, I believe those things. I just hope that... Now, you hear people say stuff like that. Well, you know, brother, I believe the Bible's true. I just, I just hope it's going to work out for my family. Well, then, no. That's not the same thing. That's not the same thing. The spirit of faith is released by speaking. That word has to come out of your mouth has to come out of your mouth. It has to come out of your mouth. What did God tell Joshua when he was taking over control of the nation of Israel from Moses? Take this book of the law. Don't let it depart from your heart. No. Don't let it depart from your mouth. Don't let it depart from your mouth. You know what God was telling Joshua? Speak the word. Speak the law every day. Speak it every day. Has to come out of your mouth. Does you no good to leave it in your heart? Does you no good to leave it in your spirit? It has to come out of your mouth. We believe, therefore we speak. In fact, let me go there because man is that powerful. 2 Corinthians 4.13, since we have the same spirit of faith, glory to God. I like that. Pastor Mark Hankins said, if you are silent, you lose by default. If you are silent, you lose by default. Got to speak. Liz Mendez said, my mom and I were just talking about this last night. Speak it. Speak the word only. That's right. That's where faith is. Speak the word only. Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what's been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe. And so we also speak. Hallelujah. That's a great way to put it. Christina Mendez said, Nancy Dufresne taught, you can't outthink wrong thoughts. You have to speak the word. That's exactly right. You can't outthink wrong thoughts. You can't outthink wrong thoughts. You got to speak the word. You got to speak the word. 
And so, yes, you set your mind on things above. Yes, whatever is true, whatever is pure, whatever is holy, whatever is commendable, if it's a good report, if, it's, if there be any praise, if there be any virtue, think on these things. You can set your mind on what it should think about, but when those other thoughts jump in, you better learn how to grab onto them, like Paul said, take them prisoner, and then make them obey Christ. How do you do it? You got to speak the word. It's great that it's in your spirit, but that's not enough. That's not enough. It's just like saying, well, I've got money in my bank account. Great. That's not enough. Your mortgage still needs to be paid. Your rent still needs to be paid. Your car payment still needs to be paid. Insurance still needs to be paid, right? Your electric still needs to be paid. It doesn't matter that the money's in your account. You can't call the mortgage company or the, or the rental office and say, hey, listen, I just want you to know the money's in my account. They don't care. They don't care. <clears throat> they don't care. You can't call the car company or who holds the loan on your car and say, hey, listen, I know my car payment's due, but I just want you to know there's money in my account. They don't care. The transaction has to be made. You got to take the money that's in your account and you got to shoot it out of your account. You got to shoot it out of your account. You got to take the faith and take the word that's in your spirit and you got to shoot it out of your mouth. Glory to God. You got to shoot it out of your mouth. It's not enough to have it in the account. And that's where the word of God goes. Because when you read the word, when you listen to the word being taught, what does the Bible say? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. <clears throat> not enough to just have faith. Faith without works is dead being alone. So faith requires works. What is the, what's the work we're describing now? Speak the word. That's a work. Glory to God. That's a work. And so, yeah, you've got it in your account. Now, make a transaction. Make a transaction. Every lie from the pit of hell has to loose its grip over you and let you go. You take those thoughts, make them prisoners, and make them obey Christ. What does that mean? I'll make that thought change until it aligns with what God's word says. No, you're going to die. You're going to be sick. No, I'm going to be healed my rest of my days. Strength fills my body. Same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me, quickens me right now. I am a greater one lives on the inside of me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I am, and you start speaking the word of God until that whole thought process changes. You've taken it captive and made it change, made it obey Christ. Now the thought is not, I'm going to die. Now the thought is not, oh, I'm going to get sick. I'm going to be locked down. No. Now the thought is, I'm going to walk in total strength. I'm going to walk in total healing. The devil can't take me out. I've got a covenant with the great physician. I've got supernatural strength. I've got the Holy Ghost living in me. And he is healing me on a daily basis. He's keeping me strong on a daily basis. What am I doing? Speaking the word. <clears throat> Speaking the word. This is what Jesus did. Luke chapter four. Why? Because when you speak the word, <clears throat> what are you doing? You're using the weapon that Christ gave you. According to Ephesians chapter six, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And then it describes how to do that. Put on the full armor of God. Well, it's not just the armor and it's not just the shield. He gave you a weapon. Hallelujah. Ephesians six seventeen. He gave you a weapon. He gave you a weapon. What's the weapon? And take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Glory to God. And you can slice and dice every lie of the devil. 
every wicked report from this world system, every anti-Christ agenda that's been spewed into your ear at, at work and on the news and in your social media feeds, and you can slice it and dice it by the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Glory to God. Woo, hallelujah. And so we go to Luke 4, we'll see Jesus in action. This is Jesus in action. You know what happened, he fasted 40 days and the enemy came to tempt him. And the Bible says in Luke 4, 3, and the devil said to Jesus, if you're the son of God, see, he's already trying to plant doubt in Jesus' mind. Did you notice that? If you're the son of God, as if there's a question. If you're the son of God, now, here's me. This is my belief. I believe Jesus had to walk in faith, reading the scriptures, and recognizing the fact he was the son of God. He had to have faith in that truth. You know, there were certain divine abilities that Jesus laid off of himself when he came to earth, certain divine abilities. Jesus did not know all things when he came to the earth as a man, didn't know all things. He said, only my father knows certain things. It's not for you to know, I don't know, angels don't know. It's only for my father to know these things. So there were, th there were certain things. Jesus didn't live on the earth as an omniscient being. He didn't know everything as a man. He laid off some of his divine abilities and came in the form of a man, right? Though he was still all God, he was all man and suffered in all, and was tempted in all points as we have been as well. So, so notice this. I believe he had to read the prophets. He had to read the law. He had to know and recognize this is speaking about me. He had to believe what his mother told him. An angel appeared to me and told me that I would give birth to you and told me that, uh, to, you know, that you'd be Emmanuel, God with us, told me. And he had to believe that. I'm sure the enemy tried to make him doubt it. And even in this place, he hadn't even done any miracles yet. Remember that. So he couldn't be like, well, look at all these miracles I'm performing. I must be the son of God. He had not performed any miracles yet. When he returned from the wilderness is when he returned in the power of the Holy Ghost and then started producing miracles. So he couldn't even look and say, well, I've turned water into wine. I've walked on water. I've healed the sick. I've cleansed the leper. I've raised the dead. I've opened the eyes of the blind. None of those things had happened yet. And so here's the devil. If you're truly the son of God, right? If you're really the son of God, command this stone to become bread. Oh, and so the devil, and I wrote more about this in uh, the book that I released on a complete guide to biblical fasting, because the three areas where the devil tempted him is the three areas where every believer is tempted. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. And look at this. It is, and Jesus answered him. Jesus did what? He answered him. Whew. He did what? He answered him. What happened? The word came flying out of Jesus' mouth. Hallelujah. The word of God came flying out of Jesus' mouth right at his enemy. And Jesus answered him. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. 
and the devil took him up. Notice that, had to change the subject. Did you notice that? As soon as Jesus answered him by the word of God, what did the devil have to do? Change the subject. Had to change this, had to try another tactic. Oh, obviously this one's not working. Let's try something else. You see that? When you answer the devil by the word of God, it becomes a bad time for the devil to mess with you. Oh, I got to change the subject. Let's try another tactic. Let's do something else. Huh? Now look. It is written. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone. They took him up to the, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Said to him, to you, I will give all this authority and their glory. For he's been delivered to me. And I'll give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him. Here it is again. There it is again. It is written. You shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. And he took him to Jerusalem. So change the subject again. Every time the enemy comes with something, Jesus hits him with the word and the devil has to change his plan, change his tactic, and he has to change subjects. Why? Jesus is, what is he doing? Taking those thoughts captive and making them obey. He said, if you're really the son of God, then throw yourself down from this high place for it's written. He will command his angels concerning you to guard you and on their hands, they'll bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him for the third time. Glory to God. It is said or written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Now I want you to see this because verse 13 is so powerful. You need to keep it in your spirit. Look at the effect this had on the devil. And when the devil had ended Every temptation, used all the tactics he had in the moment, he departed from him until an opportune time. Do you see it? The fact that Jesus continued to speak the word and speak the word and speak the word, guess what? The devil then had to depart from him because it was not a good time. He said, I got to wait until a more opportune time. Time. Did you notice when the devil approached him though? Because here, that's, by the way, uh, Fernando, that's Luke chapter 4, verse 13. Luke 4, 13. And the devil ended every temptation and he departed from him until an opportune time. But did you notice something? Here's the question. 4, 13, Maddie. <clears throat> when did the devil attack Jesus? When? Did the devil attack Jesus? Interesting point, because I want, you to, I want you to notice this. For 40 days, this is verse two, being tempted by the devil, he ate nothing during those days, and when they were ended, he was hungry. So notice, in a time of weakness, the enemy loves to get you in a time of weakness, in a time where you're tired, in a time where you feel stretched thin, in a time where you feel burnt out. That's why I tell people, don't make any decisions when you're tired. Don't make any decisions when you're hurting. Don't make any decisions when you're broken. Don't make any important decisions when the enemy's trying to attack your mind. No, make the decisions in peace and in strength, led by the Spirit. And look, and he was hungry and he was weakened by his fasting. And then the devil said to him, if you're truly the Son of God. Notice that? The devil tries to attack when you're in a place of weakness, when you're tired, when you feel stretched thin, when you feel worn out in these moments. 
That's why it's important that you take care of the temple of the Holy Spirit. Don't waste, let me just say this, because there is a practical advice to this. Don't waste your ability and your strength. Don't waste your resources. Don't waste your focus. Don't waste the things God's given you that are limited resources in a human, limited resource, resources. Don't waste those things on stuff that doesn't matter and wear yourself out. And let me give you just a, a word here. This, is, this will help you. Don't waste your time with people that simply want to argue. You got no time for that. They're just there to burn you out. They're, the enemy will send people. When you're, when you're doing things for the Lord, when you're on your purpose, just like Nehemiah, here comes Sambalat and Tobiah. Here comes the ones that want him to come down off the wall to talk to them. They had plans to destroy him. Many people don't even recognize this, but as you're working for the Lord, the enemy will send people into your path to waste your time and to argue with you and to bicker with you and to have drama with you and to cause you uh, stress. I'm just telling you, I've done it long enough. I've seen it long enough. I know how it works. I know how the devil works. He's got no new tactics, no new plans. It's exactly how he functions. And so he'll send people that they're only there to just get you into turmoil. They're only there to get you worked up. They're only there to wear you out. I got no time for time wasters. I got no time for drama queens and kings. I got no time for people that are strife addicts, drama addicts. No time for that. You are dismissed. I dismiss that stuff from my life. My purpose is too important to always be arguing, always be bent out of shape, always be up in arms. I can't believe. He, did you hear what he said? Did you, Carolyn, did you know what they said? I can't even believe. I don't care. I got no time. I'm not wasting one moment of focus. I'm not wasting one moment of strength. I'm not wasting one moment of focus and strength and, and ability or whatever else God's blessed me with on that kind of nonsense. Why? Because my purpose, your purpose is too important. And the devil wants to get us worn down. See? And that's why I don't, I don't want to do anything that the Lord's not asked me to do. I operate by that uh, principle that Bishop Oyedepo teaches. If God didn't tell me to do it, let it remain undone. If God didn't tell me to do it, let it remain undone. Let it remain undone. Right? But if God did tell me to do it, let everything else remain undone so that I can do that thing. Because I want to do it to the best of my ability. And the enemy tries to attack your mind in the midst of your purpose. And you got to take up the sword of the spirit. And you got to begin to destroy every thought, every argument that comes against your purpose. And it contradicts God's word. Remember this today. You have the ability to set your mind. But how do you release that spirit of faith on a daily basis? Speak the word of God. You know, speak the word of God. People say, you know, I don't know if I really believe in all these affirmations. I think that's new, te- I, th- I think that's new age, uh, uh, you know, whatever. I've heard people get on YouTube. Should we really speak affirmations over our lives? Or is that, is that um, well, I don't know about affirmations, but I know about the word of God. And I know that I'm going to speak the word of God daily. When my, when my uh, children, when I put them to bed every night, every night, I don't just pray for them and pray with them. But I lead them in biblical confession to say what the Bible says about themselves. 
They all can lead it without me. And it's long. It's not just the seven things that we sent out on the posters to the children. We've, they've continued to add to it and add to it and add to it. It's long. It's long. And so what do I do? I'm having them speak the word out of their mouth. I'm having them release the spirit of faith over their life by speaking the word, by confessing what the Bible says. We're not listening to what the world says. We're confessing what the Bible says. Hallelujah. And that's exactly what I'm teaching them and training them to do. So that as they get older, they'll not depart from that method of living. I speak the word. I don't know about affirmations, but I'll tell you, if God's word says it, affirm yourself with it. Amen. More people would benefit from that instead of believing the lies of the enemy about their life. I'm nothing. I'm nobody. I've never been any good. I'm a failure. They just keep repeating what they heard people say growing up. Get past that junk. Get past that junk. Right? Get past that nonsense. Get past it and begin to declare, no, I'm not a nothing. I'm not a nobody. I'm filled with the spirit of God. I have the mind of Christ. I'm not dumb. I'm supernaturally intelligent. The Holy Spirit who lives in me is my teacher and he teaches me all things, the Bible says. We have no need that any man should teach us for the Holy Spirit teaches us all things. So begin to say those kinds of things. No, I'm not sick. I'm not broken. I'm not hurting. I'm the healed of God. I am walking in my covenant of healing with Jesus Christ and I thank the Lord. Hallelujah. I thank the Lord that strength is flowing through my body. I thank the Lord that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. I thank the Lord that the one who lives in me is greater than the one who's in this world, the spirit of Antichrist. I thank the Lord. And you start uh, affirming yourself through what the word of God says about you. I'm not a mess. I'm not a wreck. You know, stop saying, stop saying about, you know, God loves this hot mess. Stop buying, don't buy that t-shirt. Don't wear that t-shirt. God loves this hot mess. You know, I love Jesus, but I drink a little. Stop being that person. No, stop calling yourself hot. You're not a hot mess. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. Behold, take a look. All things have become new. You're not even the same person you used to be. So you don't talk like that. I'm not releasing that over my life. What am I releasing over my life? I'm going to succeed in the thing God's called me to do. I will be uh, an overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror. Thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And if you need to do it, put some praise music on and just start dancing around your house. I put my earbuds in yesterday. I sent my friend a video because he thought I was joking. But I'm telling you, that praise break that I played at the beginning of this uh broadcast today and yesterday. I played two different portions of it because it's long. It's like 15 minutes. And I took off walking around my neighborhood. But when I put those earbuds in and I started listening to that praise break, I started just dancing and running around my neighborhood, literally, like I was in church, dancing and running around my neighborhood. And I mean, the power of God hit me <laughs> in my neighborhood. And I mean, I was just shouting, dancing, running around the neighborhood. People probably thought I was, uh, it was a weird new exercise. No, I'm just praising. I'm having a praise break around my neighborhood, having a praise break around my neighborhood. If you need to put on some music, dance a little bit, shout, give God praise, thank him for what he's done, pray in the Holy Ghost. See, people allow, listen to me, people allow themselves to descend into these places of heaviness and places of anxiety and places of discouragement. Don't even allow yourself to begin to descend. Stay high all the time. 
Stay high all the time. I think we need to make a t-shirt. Stay high all the time. Don't allow yourself to descend into discouragement. You get to the, uh, uh, yeah, we can put the link in to the video. In fact, I'll text it to you if you want to put it into the comments. Um, but I, I'm telling you, like, I just listened to that. It's a good, it's got to be a good 15 minutes. <laughs> Makes me shout. Here it comes. Yeah, 15 minutes of, of shouting. There's the link. 15 minutes of shouting. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you something. Liz said, make sure there's, a, there's summer colors. <laughs> Mike Frost, never thought Snoop Dogg would be prophetic. Stay high. Stay high. All, don't allow yourself to descend. Amen. Don't, don't, don't. Because what happens is people get on a high. They're thanking God, praising God. And then they allow themselves to just begin to descend back down little by little into uh, discouragement, into depression, into anxiety, into heaviness. Right? Don't do that. Stay high. Do whatever it takes for you to manifest uh, the presence of God in your life. Amen. That's, that's our responsibility, by the way. He said, draw near unto me, and I'll draw near unto you. You take the first steps. Draw near unto me, and I'll draw near unto you. Praise God. Lord, I pray that people will stop stealing from Deb Stokes, in Jesus' name. Strike down every thief, and let them pay back seven times what they stole, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. It's coming. Did you already post the link? Oh, it's coming, Bonnie. Don't worry. Um, and so I'm just telling you, stay high, stay high, stay encouraged, stay in peace, stay in faith. You know, if you got to speak the word all day long, speak the word all day long. You know, when you, when I first got my, my, uh, Apple watch, there was a, a weird thing on it when they did an update that would just tell me like every hour to breathe. <laughs> it's like, what do you think I've been doing all day? I've been breathing, but they wanted me to stop and do like breathing techniques and then they would tell me to stand up. My watch would tell me, stand up. So I don't care. If you got to put an alarm on your phone and set it for every hour on the hour and, and it pops up on your phone, speak the word. Speak the word. Then do that. Do whatever it takes to not descend. Do whatever it takes to not descend back into the lies of the enemy. And every, if you got to do it every hour on the hour, there's the link for everybody. If you got to do it every hour on the hour, speak the word. Get up. Speak the word. If you got to go to the bathroom at work, go in. If you got to go out in the parking lot, take a small five-minute break, speak the word, pray in the Holy Ghost. You can do it at your desk. Pray in the Holy Ghost under your breath. Don't descend. Stay high. Hallelujah. Put it in the comments. I'll not descend. I'll stay high. Scroll up. Let me see Caitlin's uh, prayer request. Caitlin said, I have a prayer request. My dad went to the ER last night with chest pains and is now admitted, and they, they're checking to see if he has respiratory infection or something else. So Father, we pray right now for Caitlin's father, and I ask you now, touch him by your Holy Spirit, send healing virtue to his body right where he is in the hospital, and let that anointing flow through his body and make him whole. Lord, whatever it was that attacked him, I command it to loose its grip and let him go. Let him be released from the hospital and sent home with a good report in the name of Jesus Christ, a good report. Father, I pray for every man and woman watching, those listening on the podcast. Lord, I ask you in the mighty name of Jesus that every attack of the enemy sent against their mind, sent against their life, 
would be supernaturally thwarted by the power of your word as they speak the word. I thank you, Lord, that your word declares that we can submit ourselves unto God, resist the devil, and he will flee from us. And so, Lord, we declare it right now. As we speak the word, the enemy is running in terror. As we speak the word like Jesus did, the devil has to leave us until a more opportune time. We refuse to let ourselves fall into weakness. We refuse to let ourselves become worn out. We're not going to be stretched thin. Lord, we ask you now to just highlight to us in our lives the things that are time wasters, the things that are just sent to keep us in a place uh, of, of turmoil, a place of discouragement, and let us have the power, faith, and boldness to eliminate those things in the name of Jesus Christ. And we thank you for that. We're going to another level in Jesus' name. Higher, 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 higher. We go from faith unto faith. We go from victory unto victory. Hallelujah. We go from grace unto grace. The path of the just is a shining light that shines ever brighter until that perfect day in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you and we give you praise for it in Jesus' mighty name. Those that are battling today, touch them supernaturally. We thank you for it and give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You scroll down to the comments stopped on me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Beverly's having kidney surgery in her only kidney. Lord, touch Beverly in the name of Jesus Christ. Touch her. Heal her body. Heal her body in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you. We give you all the glory, all the praise. If you receive that prayer today and you believe it, throw some hands up, emoji hands, throw some emoji fire up, whatever you got, and let me know you're standing with me and believing with me. Glory to God. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.